How's it going? Hope you're having a great day. Welcome to the repost of my live stream. If you guys are new here and don't know, I have a YouTube channel where I do a lot of knife making tutorials, but on Sunday I also do a live stream. Channel is called Dave Irving Invader Knives. Alright, enough about me. Let's get to the clip. Welcome to the live stream. Whew, man. Another exciting week. <laughs> oh, man. It's spring, it's spring, it's spring. Everything should be going good. <laughs> yeah, man. Actually felt pretty good the last couple days. But uh, we'll get into that in a minute. If you're watching the repost or, uh, you know, listening on the podcast, any of that stuff, make sure to leave comments, any questions, any ideas. Let us know what you're passionate about because that's basically what this live stream is about. I know I'm a knife maker and most of my videos are about knife making, but I like to do this live stream where we talk about building our passions and what our passions are and, and the different things we do to develop those passions and bring them out maybe from hobby to, to something you can work on later or make professional someday. Or maybe you don't like it to be professional and you want to keep it a hobby. Either way, let us know in the comments. All right, all right. Let me get started. I'm a little frazzled. I was running around getting everything going like usual. And actually today everything went good, which I'm not used to. I'm used to being under pressure. I work better under pressure. <laughs> oh, man. Lately, my back, my back, you know, sitting. I don't know if I'm going to be doing the podcast anymore. I'm going to try, but I don't know if it's the chair I sit in at my desk to edit all my videos and do all my music and all that, but. Adding the podcast in, it's just like I find myself sitting at that desk more than I do anything else. I've been thinking, you know, everything prioritized and everything. I might have to cut out doing the podcast. Hey, what's up, bootleg blades? Yeah, you made it this week. No golfing, huh? It seems like a beautiful day to go golfing, though. <laughs> oh, man, I forgot to wipe down my glasses. I did order a new gaming chair, which I'm not a gamer at all. But I figure gamers sit at computers 24-7, you know, so why not buy a gaming chair because they're made to be sat in all day and all, you know, all the time. Hopefully that will correct some of the problems and I can get back to editing these podcasts because I got last week's about a quarter of the way done, almost halfway done. But man, it's just like I'd sit there for an hour and it would just kill me. Hey, what's up, Stalking Wolf? Cold day in Colorado. Whoo, man. I don't know why I thought you were in uh, Texas, bootleg blades. Huh. <laughs> I guess it's the long beard and all that. I thought you were in Texas. <laughs> Colorado. Man, I'd love to go to Colorado one day. That would be awesome. There's a bunch of places I'd love to go one day, but. <laughs> oh, our Polish friend is back. Cesare. I hope that's how it, I always pronounce your name, so I hope that's how it's pronounced. Cesare. And uh, Stalking Wolf, he's in Oregon. Man, Oregon, that's another beautiful uh, part of the country. I'm over here in D.C., the concrete jungle. <laughs> Where all the politicians live. and <laughs> Everything is corrupt. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Bootleg Blade Tail, forgive me for the Texas comment. Man, also, I, I, man, I would say... After being a knife maker for a few years, I would say a good percentage of knife makers are in Texas. All the big guys, you know, Jim Skelton, uh, DDR Blades, man, there's Rad Knives, man. Hey, what's up, Nick Riggy? 
How's it going? Man, everyone's showing up early. Does, is this annoying? <laughs> it's like a nervous tick I'm starting to develop. I don't know where I got it from. I just noticed I do it on the live stream a lot. That and the ums and the and the so's and the you knows. <laughs> All my little nervous ticks. I can't edit them out on the live stream. <laughs> uh, the last couple days have actually been good, but man, the first part of the week, my back was all locking up. I used to have back problems, like lower back problems, but I haven't had to deal with this. I used to go to a chiropractor twice a week and all that. Lately, it's been my upper back, and I think a lot of it is I tend to slouch, so I've been wearing this back brace, and you know, after 40-some years of a slouching your muscles aren't used to being locked back like this and even when i'm sitting there editing at my desk even with the brace on i'll catch myself all of a sudden i'm slouched down like this i also realized sitting in that chair you know it's an older chair so it just doesn't have any support and everything i do other than in this shop i'm sitting at that computer so it's like man all my music all my editing and now the podcast, it's like, I might have to put a hold on the podcast till I get this new chair and see if that helps. Man, my back is just locked. Like the top, I was getting these like tension headaches that were just, man. And, and the worst part about the tension headaches that uh, like extra strength, the 500 milligram Tylenols, I'd take two of them and they wouldn't even phase it. Man, I got to figure something out. I had to spend a little bit of money and uh, buy a new chair, but it's that whole, uh, do you want to cheap out? and get something that's only going to last maybe a year and then you're back to the same problems or or you just want to bite the bullet and spend the extra money and get something good and, and those gaming chairs i don't know a lot of you guys that might not be into like uh, computers and stuff but i like i watch linus tech tips and i've watched him for like five years because even though i went to school for computers in the 90s what getting my degree as a computer tech taught me is i didn't want to do that as a full-time job. I love building computers and I love working on computers, but you gotta remember, I, I got my degree in 1993, and at this time, you couldn't have piercings, you couldn't have tattoos, you couldn't have any of that stuff. You know, I'd go in and try to get a job, even though my GPA was like a, uh, I think it was like a 3.2, because I got sick and I had to take a bunch of tests. I was getting all A's and B's, but then I had to go back and take tests, and they're like, well, when you take a retest, you can only get like a C because it's a retest. So that dropped my GPA way down. But so anyway, I'd go in with these awesome grades and they, would, they wouldn't they would even interview me because they would see I had piercings and I had tattoos. You know, I got love and hate on my knuckles. I did that when I was 16 years old in art class. So that right there pretty much voids. Oh, well, back then, once uh, AOL and stuff came out like that, they started hiring people with tattoos and piercings and, and now it's acceptable. You know, I've always been like, ahead of the curve back then it was considered weird and, and unusual like you know in 1983 i had my ears pierced you know i was like 12 years old no guy had their ears pierced back then now everyone gets them pierced but anyway i got way off topic oh yeah the linus tech thing all their chairs are these big gaming chairs and i know he hires like five or six different editors. Stalky Wolf says te technology has changed since 1993. You know, in 1993, the internet existed, but it wasn't until 1995 that AOL came out. And you get these discs and, they, you know, they'd send you discs and you could, you'd have to pay by the minute. And they'd give you like 100 minutes free. And you had to hook up to your phone. If, so, if you were on the computer and someone called, it would knock you offline. So everyone had to buy like a second phone line. You talk about slow. People watch pornography today. If you wanted to download pornography, 
you'd maybe download one picture and it would take a half an hour to, <laughs> just to get that one picture. You could drive out to the store and buy a Playboy quicker than you could download an image. <laughs> the music stuff was good though, but VC Truck Rebuild and Repair. Never gotten tattoos because he was always in so much trouble. Had to run from the law. Now I'm old. <laughs> I'm too old for tattoos. I don't know about being too old for tattoos. I'm 47 and I keep wanting to get faith on my back, you know, all the way across my shoulders. And I've wanted it. If you don't know, I've got like pain on this arm. I've got sorrow, love and hate on my knuckles. And I think faith, you know, I'm, I'm a, I've always been a, a writer and, and a poet. Well, more lyric-wise poets. 60 years old, that's not too... What about that lady that was 80 years old? The grandmother went and got tattoos. Yeah. I mean, if you see something that you like in art... Actually, the thing about... Being older and getting a tattoo, you don't have to worry about your skin loosening up and ruining the tattoo. Because when you're young, you get all these nice tattoos. And then, if you can see these, like, they fade and they stretch and all that stuff. But I was, yeah, I was in art class. I just took a calligraphy pen with some black ink. That's how I spent my days in school. <laughs> Drawing it and uh, goofing off. But I did get good grades. So, I guess I was just, they never challenged me. I was... I was too much of a cut-up, so they never wanted to... I even had a teacher tell my mom, Oh, he's too bad. I wouldn't put him on another teacher. Like, so she held me back. I think I've told this story before. She was the same teacher that kicked me out of her class in, like, March or something. And she's like, just come back and take the final, and I'll give you that grade. And, uh, you know, she thought I was going to fail the class. Came back, took the, took the test, and got, like, a 97 on it. Man, she was furious. She did not want to give me that 97. Bootleg Blade said he got his first tattoo when he was 17 at a gas station. You know, let me see if I can show it. When I was, uh, like 20, I built a tattoo machine, whoa, out of a guitar string and a pen like they do in prison. I did this one on myself. And I actually, I actually wanted to become a tattoo artist. I even got the tattoo kit, all the needles and all that. But then I realized you have to practice on people. And I didn't want to mess people up and scar people for life with me learning how to be a tattoo artist. You know, I've talked about five, ten years ago, I wasn't the person you see today. You know, I'm not, I wasn't a very motivated person. I wanted everything to come to me. That's, that's how I became a carpenter. My best friend owned a company. And he's like, well, he's more like my brother. You know, he came to me, he's like, here, have this job. So I became a carpenter for 15 years. Going out, especially once I got out of school, you know, trying to go get computer jobs. And I always make that excuse. And I, I just made it 10 minutes ago. Oh, well, they didn't want to hire me because of my piercings. No, they didn't want to hire me because I wasn't a, the go-getter for that job. So I blame them. But I could have kept going. I kept, could have kept looking. I could have even gone to like Best Buy and worked at Best Buy or something for a year to get the experience and then gone somewhere else. BC Truck Rebuild. I'm an Army vet. And after that, I was in a couple MC clubs. Still never got tattoos. Well, thank you for your service, man. That's... That's awesome. I have the highest regard for anyone that serves. I was always uh, I was always too much of a mess up and too busy or, or making too many excuses to go in the military. But anyone that took that path, man, it's... My dad was in World War II and CIA. That's not me, but I saw what he went through in the later years, watching war movies and stuff. But anyway, so yeah, all the guys, all the editors and stuff, at uh, Linus Tech Tips, they all have those gaming chairs. Hopefully that'll help my back, cause man, I think a lot of it is I've been trying to straighten my posture out, 
and my muscles just aren't used to that, holding that weight. BC Rebuild says uh, both his sons are tatted vets. Just never found anything strong enough about that is willing to commit to skin. Yeah, see that's a tough one too. Finding what you want and, and not regretting stuff. Because, man, when I was, let's see, I guess I was like 20. I, some dude got a new tattoo gun and I paid him to totally annihilate my arm. I mean, look at that. It's just a bunch of crap. Then his, uh, then his gun broke like here, so you can see this whole outline's done and all that. And it's like, ugh. It's just a big mess. You can see, like, there's a guitar in there, a skull in there, a heart, and all that stuff. But funny story about tattoos. My first tattoo, I was uh, 15 years old, and I always heard, you know, you, you take a bottle of Indian ink, and you take a needle and a thread. But they didn't tell me what you do with the needle and thread. You know, you're supposed to wrap the thread around the needle. But me, I just took a piece about uh, like five inches long. And I was like, I, I dipped the thread in the ink. And I'd go, zip and pull it through. Zip and pull it through. I mean, not like sewing my arm, but actually, you know, pulling the thread out of my arm. So it was like a, a little, it's like this, this cross right here. It's just like little stretch where I pull the string through my arm filled with ink. I mean, it worked. <laughs> and then when I was 15, my mom got me this tattoo because I did the same thing. Oh, no, this is the arm where I did the thing. But uh, she's like, oh, I think it said, like, peace. Had a peace sign and party and all this garbage. And she took, she just laid down the money and walked out. She's like, I'll be back in an hour. <laughs> yeah, lately, uh, I'm, not, I'm not a regular sleeper. Hey, what's up, Chip? Almost missed it. <laughs> oh man, been plumbing for two days. I did plumbing for a while. I was a plumber's assistant. It's funny when, uh, well, for me, when I when I do new jobs, like I I did landscaping for like six months or a year, and and plumbing for like six months or a year. So it's like I think I know how to do plumbing. I know how to do half-ass plumbing. <laughs> I can get it to where it works again, but I'm no plumber. But man, it's a lot of work. But then, actually, then again, when I was working with the guy I just said who was like my brother, it was me and him, like, remodeling houses or, or building additions on the house. And anytime someone, would, like, the plumber wouldn't show up, because I don't know what it is about plumbers, but for some reason, they are the most unreliable people. I, I remember working with, like, four or five different plumbers. And a couple tile guys, we had to, like, kick off, and I'd have to finish up the tile. But, you know, there'd be a problem, and he wouldn't come fix it. And I'd have to go and sweat in, go get the torch and sweat in all the pipes and all that. I got it done. But, yeah, the first part of the week, I knew something was going wrong, and I wasn't burning out There's where you're working too much and, and you're, you're just overdoing it. Because that wasn't the problem. But I don't sleep much. I, I usually sleep like five hours a day, five hours a night or something. And I'm good. I wake up, refresh, and boom. But the last, the first part of the week, I was sleeping like, well, I could sleep like five hours and I got to get up and take care of my mom and then go back to sleep. But I've been sleeping like eight, nine hours. And uh, for me, that, that's unusual, which that could have been part of my back problem too. Or, you know, I might need a new bed. Who knows? It could all be just piling up on me and whatever it is, my back is killing me. And, and it seems like if I do sleep more than five hours, waking up, I'm usually a night person. I'm usually stay up till two or three in the morning, but then I'll get up eight o'clock in the morning, nine o'clock. But man, lately it's like I wake up at nine o'clock and then I'll lay there until 10 o'clock and then 11 o'clock rolls around. And it's like, oh, I just don't want to move. I have a feeling it's my back. Oh, welcome back, Chip. Yeah, huh. That's weird. 
Say he lost the stream. So, yeah, I gotta get this back. When I used to have lower back problems, that was a thing, but I also had like a, a tubeless water bed. So once I got rid of that, that fixed everything. So it could be the bed and the chair that's messing my back up, but I think a lot of it's just everything. The way I'm trying to fix my posture and the chair sitting there, because, you know, like I say, if I'm not down here in the workshop, I'm sitting in that chair. So a new chair should hopefully uh, work. Now that I've ranted for uh, 20 minutes about my back in that chair, let's check these out. Boom. Actually, I got a better idea. So check this out. I figured a new thing I would do is uh, show you my setup. Boom. I got it right on the first try. I thought I'd black out the screen. So see, here's the live stream so I can read it all. Now, the reason you might see things or, or you might make a comment and it takes me a while to answer is because when I say something on the live stream, it takes like 10 seconds to get out. Hey, what's up, Aaron? Everyone's in the house today. A Nuss Mook. I don't even know what a Nuss Mook is, BC uh, Truck Rebuild. Oh, thanks, Aaron. He says my blades are getting better. But yeah, yesterday I worked on all these, so let's do it on here. We got the better camera. Well, not the better camera, but... So I got the pins all turned down. See, I got the 50 millimeter on this one, so the camera's actually about four feet away from me, and I got a lot better picture. The camera over here, which you can see the tripod here, I keep thinking, do the double shot here. Let's see if I can do this again. There. This camera right here is like, I can touch it, see? <laughs> but anyway, man, I got these pins done. Oh, I got it on manual focus. Let's see. Sorry about that. There we go. So I got these pins done, boom. I still got a lot of hand sanding to do, but man, Steve's knife fits right in the hand. And yeah, I'm gonna have to black oxide the spine of that too. This one, now I see why everyone does brass pins. Man, brass is so easy to work. It's like, good Lord. Stainless steel, like on this knife and, and this knife, man, it took a lot to get done. I put on my small wheel attachment, so it took a really small wheel and I was just like bumping onto those. And then I put a cork belt on to smooth these out. So I still got a whole lot of hand sanding, but that's right off a cork belt. Wham! Look at that stone wash. Yeehaw! Ha ha! Bam! Yeah, man. And then, another topic. If uh, you guys have been here for a while, you know I talk about my friend that's always critiquing my knives. I didn't want to show him this because I was like, man, if he says anything bad, I'll be devastated. I'll put so much work into it. So he's like, first off, you need to make me one. I was like, all right. And he's like, second off, your bevels are cleaner than I've ever seen them. I was like, damn, all right. Set me up for the fall. And I knew it. I knew he was just setting me up. Here comes the fall. And he's like, put your handles. Man, you just need to keep working on your handles. You know, because my pins are still out a little bit. And Well, no, this, I, I worked on it yesterday, so it's a little better than it was. He's just like, man, you see, you got these little divots down in here and you got to get those out. He's like, the back of your spines are always kind of crooked and out and all that. And I know it sounds mean, but this is what made me go from this level of a knife maker to this level of a knife maker. Because that's what he would do. He'd look at my knives, and I'd be like, oh, man, I got it great. And he's like, oh, well, that's okay, but you the spine. Look at the divots right there you got. You got to take those out. See, this is a little bit off. You got to take this off. Boom, man. I'm like, ah. Oh. But... I knew this. I know my handles, you know, I'm not good at finishing. When he's like, man, those are the best bevels I've ever seen you make. And then he's like, I want you to make me one. It was just like, ah, you know, my head blew up and I'm like, boom, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he came over, 
because he actually likes working on knives, but he never really gets the time to come over. So he actually came over, and he's like, man, he's like, that stone washing looks really good. Usually on my knives like this, I end up rounding all this stuff off. See how that has like a very distinct line? And he's like, man, you don't need to round that stuff off. He's like, just make it more definite or defined. Defined, that's the word. He's like, that handle fits great. It's good. He's like, you still have a lot of work. Well, this was before the pins were done down or anything. He's just like, but man, take your time. You don't have to round everything off. Because that's what I thought. Like on this knife, he's like, but he's like, man, that handle is like more than comfortable. What I thought you had to do is just round everything and, and make everything round and all that. So he's like, no, nah, man. He's like, I like how you dip things down in here and bring them up. He's like, see these lines here? Just make them more definitive so they stick out. And they don't all just blend into each other. Man, I was real happy about that. It definitely uh, boosted my ego and makes me want to try harder. It, it's that it's that awesome feeling when someone's always just like, you know, he's still pointing out mistakes. But they're, they're to the point now where I know their mistakes and, and I know what I need to improve on. And instead of when he's like, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that. And I sit there and be like, oh, well, but yeah, I... I I need to do this and I need to figure this out first and I can almost tell him what he's going to say about my knives, which that in itself is a whole new ball game for me. It feels great to be that whole point. Yeah, Chip, you need to get on Instagram and check out some of Aaron's knives, man. He's got some real cool knives. Chip said that's an awesome looking knife. Thank you. Yeah, Chip, I, man, I've seen some of your work lately and it's looking impressive, man, real impressive. Well... Uh, Chip asked what was the benefit of making my own pins. Uh, the benefit was the brass pins I had were either way too big or way too small. So I had to turn them down to make them smaller. Can't make, uh, you can't put brass in water and make it uh, get large. I'm not, I'm not, that's not, uh, that's me just being a goofball. I'm not being sarcastic. I mean, I am being sarcastic, but I'm not being like, that's a great question. Put it that way. I don't want to come off like a know-it-all and, hey, you should have known that. Because that's an awesome question. I, I'm just being goofy right now. I, in fact, oh, if you guys watched that, that, that milling video, I, I man, I'm stuttering. I can't even think or talk. It's the beginning of the month, so I, I ordered a whole bunch of uh, new mill. So I'd like to do some more milling and lathe work. Bootleg Blades actually helped me with, he, he commented on my video about the lathe work and stuff, but... He said my ways look loose, but they had to be loose or it won't turn out. So it's like sitting there fighting. I used to try to uh, put a nut on the spinning, you know, where you spin it, but it either tighten it down and lock it or it spin the bolt off. So I need to make the thing like this old Tony. <laughs> if you guys are in the machine and you don't watch this old Tony, he's like, he's almost AVE level, you know, AVE level, which. Man, I've been a patron of, of A's for like five years since he started Patreon. He's got a new shirt out with a WD-40 can on it. And he's like, just send us, e you know, send an email. He's telling everyone to send an email. But I, I couldn't get the email right. So I hit him up on Patreon. And I was like, persistence pays off. Your a email isn't working. And, and my the first AVE shirt I bought, which is like a the, the nutfucker shirt. I shouldn't say that, but excuse my language. And it's like a double-sided shirt. And I've had it for like four years, and now I had epoxy on it. I went to pull epoxy off it. Big old tear, so I wrote him, my first double-sided shirt had to be laid to rest. Maybe a new shirt. And he put, good is done. So he's going to send me a shirt. Now I might have to just buy that shirt and, and like frame the shirt he sends me on the wall. So... <laughs> 
AVE is like, uh, you know, AVE is like top level for YouTube for me. You know, I've, I've watched it for years. And, and it's funny because any of the stuff like Chinesium or Skookum and all that stuff, you see it all over YouTube now. That's all AVEs. I mean, if you don't know who he is, then... Chip says he's never made removable handles, but removed epoxy handle sucks. You know, I saw a video, uh, self-made projects. He's actually the guy I talked about when I was doing the tape and that one video for the epoxy. And he had to take epoxy handles off and he heated them up. Heated them up to like, uh, put them in the oven, I think at like 250 or 300. So it wouldn't melt the plastic or, or whatever, but it, it melts the epoxy and they come right off. Bootleg Blake says AVE rules. Yes, AVE, you know, uh, like a year and a half ago, I hit him up on Patreon, and I was like, man, I want to send you a free knife because you've inspired me and all this, and he's like, no, I don't let people send me stuff because then they expect stuff, and I told him, I was like, man, you know, it's messed up how YouTube's gotten, so when, even if you want to do something for someone else, you're like, oh, well, they're only doing that for me so they can get something out of it. And I totally, I wrote them back, hey man, I understand, you know, you change, me my, change your mind, hit me up, I'll send you the knife or a knife, like I said, it was a year ago. And it's true, and that's how it's gotten, it's like, people don't think you're going to do something just to, and I told them, I was like, man, you've already given me enough, and this is my way to give back to you. And, and you know, that's where I only had like three, four hundred subscribers, so it wasn't, I could see where he was coming from, and, and, also, like, I talked about Linus Tech Tips. You know, they both live in Vancouver. Well, somewhere in the Vancouver area. I know Abe's always talking about Canuckistan and all that. And that's where Skookum and all that comes from. In fact, there's a guy I follow about guitars and stuff. Or no, Simple Little Life it was. And I asked him. I asked Simple Little Life. You know, I asked Jeremy. I was like, is Skookum an A-V-E word or is it a Canadian word? And Jeremy's like, man, my uncle's been saying skookum since I can remember. And I laughed. I was like, you know, if you ask, if you ask 90% of the people in America where skookum came from, they would say A-V-E. That's where I thought it came from, all those words. I was just mad. So even though I had the back problems in the beginning of the week, the end of the week turned out pretty good with my friend liking my knives and, and A-V-E sending me a shirt and all that stuff. But And this old Tony, he's like, well, Alex Steele and... and this old Tony are like second place. But I wouldn't even put him at second. I put him at like 1.2 place. You know, tides. This old Tony, if you're into like welding, if you're into uh, machining, any of that stuff, man, this old Tony, his videos are long. In fact, it, it dawned on me watching AVE and this old Tony. Both of their videos are like 25, 30 minutes. And that's why I started kind of letting off the the 15 minute rule and making the longer videos. It's cause like, man, the videos I enjoy the most are these longer videos. And I realized, I guess I'm gonna have to save all my other topics for next week, but that's okay. I realized when you're becoming a YouTuber, you see all these videos on how to build your audience, how to get subscribers. This is what you have to do. Like the thumbnail last week, you know, it got me, I don't, you know, I started uploading at 7 o'clock at night. I didn't see any difference. So it must have been because I didn't make a thumbnail with me just showing a bunch of knives. And that's why I put on that last video, me in front of the grinder. If you're doing YouTube and stuff, you have to figure out what rules to break. Because everyone's like, oh, you got to keep your videos under 15 minutes, but above 10 minutes. Lately, I've been to the point, I think I'm, I'm almost, I, I think I'm at like 1,800 subscribers now, 1,850, something like that. And it took me over a year to get the first thousand but that was in november the end of november here is march and i've i'm almost doubled that and i'm realizing man 
getting stressed out about doing this rule and doing that rule and you have to do this. Yes, for the first thousand or to build your audience. But man, sometimes you just got to break the rules and put out content. You know, everyone's, including yourself, is going to like. Aaron says, heat them to 200 degrees. Heat your, if you got epoxy handles, heat them to 200 degrees and they come right off. That's good to know. I, I wasn't sure the temperature. As you see, I, I'm pretty anal about my handles, and I want to make sure they're perfect before I put them on. Now, that doesn't mean that something will happen after, but you take your chances. It's good to know 200 degrees will get them off, because I got to be honest, other than if I only worked on wood with, like, what? That one big uh, 5160 knife, that collab I did with Firekeeper Forge, and these three knives is about all the wood I've ever done. And, uh... I don't like it. <laughs> no, I take that back. I don't like it as much as removable scales. Because see, now like this. I have to go back and I have to, re to reapply the black oxide. And I have to reapply the ferric to all these knives. Now if they're removable scales, I can just take all the scales off, re-dip them, redo them, and I have no problem. In fact, I, I pondered for a while. Now, do I want a black oxide before, or do I want to... But see, you can't do that with, like, stone washing, because you can't throw this in a stone washer. I mean, I guess you could, but do you really want to? No, I don't want these handles in there. They're not stabilized. Who knows what that would do? Man, something must be going on with the live stream. Both Chip and Aaron lost it a couple times. Oh, that Cat Cradle Forge, he's making that sword. I, I just uh, I just support him, man, because he, he supported me a few times when I didn't have a bunch of subscribers. And like I said before, any it's this communicate, uh, uh, communication. It's a community, and we all have to help each other. He's doing that sword 100%. I haven't even seen it, touched it, or anything. Cat's Cradle Forge. In fact, he just put a video up last night, and man, that sword is looking phenomenal. Now, I made a mistake oh, when I worked with 5160, and I don't know if he got it from me, but I... I said 5160 is an air hardening steel, and someone corrected me on that, because I think he was going to try to just air harden the 5160 sword, and I've talked about this before, putting out bad information, and that was bad information that I put out, because uh, 5160 does get harder in air, but it's not an actual air hardening steel. BC Truck Rebuild says he almost got his new shop up and running. After the move to Texas. See? Another guy in Texas. A new nightmaker. <laughs> One more piece of equipment, equipment and he's back in business. That's awesome. Whew. Man, there are a lot of knife makers in Texas. A lot of good knife makers in Texas. That's awesome. It, it's kind of crazy. Here in the D.C. area, I, I, I haven't heard of any blacksmiths, any knife makers, any of that. I know down, you know, like Steve Miller Knives, he lives down in North Carolina somewhere. And, and there's a lot of guys up in New York and stuff, but... Man, this area, I guess everyone just hates politics so much that they just stay away. <laughs> I was saying something, but I forgot what I was saying. Oh, Cat's Cradle Forge, yeah. So the 5160, like uh, stainless steel, that's an air-hardening steel. When you heat it to 1950 for 20 minutes or a half hour, whatever the data sheet says, you can actually, instead of putting it in quench plates, you can just take it out, put it in the air, and it hardens. Same with a lot of tool steels. But 5160 is not that way. It does, you know, when you're working with it and you get it hot, it will get a lot harder. But you still need to quench it in some kind of oil. And I know Cat's Cradle Forge does a lot of uh, lot of the things the old way, which are awesome. You know, I've said before, he uses like a 1x30 grinder and, and does, you know, built his own forge. In fact, he says to heat treat this, he went out and did, dug a ditch in his yard. And that's how he's going to heat it, using clay from that same yard. 
to do the hamon. But I told him, if anything, at least use like canola oil, anything. Because 5160 is like a, a slow steel where you don't need the Fast Parks 50 or the McMaster or any of that. McMaster will work though. But with stuff like that, you don't want to use water because that would probably crack the blade because it's way too fast. Yeah. Chip's been trying to get a motor in a variable speed VFD. I told him, man, it's a world of difference when you have a VFD and a, a three-phase motor. And for the longest time, I was like, get step pulleys, get step pulleys. But with the fear grinder, it's a direct drive. So the drive wheel is right on the motor, right on the grinder. Like on my KMG, I have a pulley system that goes to my motor so it's a whole different story you can't get step pulleys for a direct drive see uh that's what i was talking about last week with cat's cradle forge chip eric see i don't the guy the main guy that's there now they used to be called workshop of death and uh eric which is the other guy with like all the tattoos and stuff has his own shop but i think he split off to sell stuff and uh the guy that's now cat cradles forge is just doing all his forging stuff and they'd work together a lot of times, but I think they just kind of, I don't, I don't know the story, so I, I, I'm only speculating, so I just know he likes to do a lot of forging stuff. Aaron says he's acquired a bunch of leaf spring. I was reading, this is where I got the whole 5160 thing, because some guy just, on one of my knife forums, he said, I just got a bunch of leaf springs, what do I do? And I was like, oh, it's 5160, and that's when the guy corrected me about being air hardening and all that, and he's like, no, leaf springs aren't always 5160. In fact, a lot of times now, they're like cheaper metals and cheaper alloys. Aaron, what I would suggest doing before you make a whole knife out of it, is cut a little small piece, spark test it. You know, look up spark testing on YouTube if you don't know how to spark test. With uh, like high carbon steel, it, it looks like firework. And then take that piece and see if it will heat treat. Put it in. Do your regular heat treating process and make sure you're working with a steel that will heat treat. But I also saw a lot of guys that said that leaf springs have a tendency to have like hairline cracks through them and all that stuff. Chip says it has to run on 110. Yeah, see that's why I suggested getting that one horsepower. With a 1.5 motor, I think you can run it on 110, but you have to buy the bigger VFD like I have. If, you, if you've watched my videos, VFD I have on my grinder is the big 2 horsepower, which will do 110, 1.5. But that's, a, that's almost a $400 VFD. Now, if you get a 1 horsepower motor, which I have on my disc grinder, remember when all that stuff happened and I had to switch out. That one horsepower works fine. The one horsepower motor was like 160 bucks, brand new. If you go on eBay, you can get them used for like 120 bucks. The VFD, which if you do buy a VFD chip, make sure to tell me. I'll send you an Amazon link so I can get some kickback. <laughs> oh, man, I hate to show myself like that, but it would be nice to help out the channel. If you do purchase it, I'm not making you, but you know, let me know, and I'll send you the link. Like I say, it won't cost you anything else. It'll help out the channel. But, yeah. I would, honestly, if I had to buy a motor and a VFD today, I would buy a one horsepower motor and a one horsepower VFD. I, when I had to switch them out, I didn't notice the difference at all. It didn't bog down. It didn't stop. If someone would have came in here and switched the motors out and didn't tell me and put like the little, the one horsepower VFD is smaller. But if, if it was like a blind test or something and I was working, I honestly... I bought into the hype. I wouldn't have known the difference. I wouldn't have known it was the one horsepower motor. I would definitely, if you got the money and you want to buy the 1.5 horsepower motor and the 1.5 horsepower VFD, then you do have more power. I got to say, both my motors on my grinders are two horsepower motors with the two horsepower VFDs. So it's good. 
But the thing is, uh, with the one horsepower, you know, a lot of people, and I did the same, when they buy their new motor, they buy a VFD off eBay, which is a hundred bucks. It's one of those Chinesium, Avor, Chinesium VFDs. They're harder to wire, they're harder to figure out, and this is coming from a guy that knows electronics. They're a pain in the butt to, to wire, they're a pain in the butt to program, and then, since you're using them on a grinder with a bunch of steel metal and all that, they blow. Now, you got a $200 motor that's, when you get over 1.5, the motor's 200 bucks. The VFD for a good NEMA 4. If you're working on a grinder, you want a NEMA 4. That's going to be almost 400 bucks. So right there, you got 600 bucks for a good grinder, uh, for a good grinder. You got 600 bucks for a good motor and a good VFD. Now, if you drop down to one horsepower, you can get a brand new motor on eBay for 160 bucks and the one horsepower VFD is like 230 bucks. Right there, you're under 400 bucks. Save 300 bucks to 300 bucks. You go on eBay and find a deal for a three-phase motor, you can find them for 120 bucks. But honestly, to me, I would want to buy it new. You guys watch the whole thing about the whole VFD thing. It's it's worth it. The guys that uh, where I sent the VFD back, they were blaming the motor. Now I've got two two-horsepower motors, and I got the old one that. In case something happens, I'll have that. But it wasn't the motor at all. I just went out and bought a new motor because the guy's like, oh, it's the motor. But nope. Yeah, Chip. So if you do, if you buy that, let me know and I'll give you the Amazon link. And, you know, you'll be helping me out. I don't usually ask for help, but I figure I might as well let it go. <laughs> Change my ways one day. <laughs> Bootleg Blade says he got his two horsepower bow door and a one and a half bow door. Both brand new off Craigslist for 140 bucks. Woo! Yeah, if you can find like liquidators, man, that's a good deal. <laughs> Still got the Chinesium VFD running my horizontal grinder. But when that blows, every time I use it, I have a, uh, like a towel sitting over it. So I uncover it and I cover it up trying to keep the metal dust. I've blown five of those. If you watch my old, old videos, I even caught one on tape where I... I'm sitting there grinding, all of a sudden it just blew up. I tried putting it in a box. The good thing is, they have warranties, or they did have warranties. This was like three or four years ago. So one would blow, and they'd send me a new one for free. And that's how I blew five of them. I think I bought, I bought two of them. And then I went through, no, I bought three of them, because two of them blew, and I bought a third one, because I needed my grinder up and working. And then they sent me two more, and then that's when I saved up and got my NEMA 4. If you get a NEMA 4, like a KBAC, they're so easy. Five wires. Where the Chinesium ones, not only do you have to wire in the three for the motor, and the, the well, it's six wires if you count ground. You know, you wire your three for the motor and your three for 220 or 120 or whatever. You know, positive, negative, and ground. But for the eBay VFDs, you also, if you want to turn it on and off, which I suggest, if you get one of those eBay Hung Yang or whatever they're called, put it like 10 feet away from your grinder because that metal dust will get in there and blow. You're going to have to wire a switch, which is two wires, to uh, run and to ground. And then you're going to have to run a pot. To, to control the variable speed because you don't want to sit there and go up, 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 down, 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 down. You're going to want it to be variable speed. Yeah, Chip says he can then sell my mo sell his motor. I told you, man, don't sell that other motor. Get a disc grinder like this. These discs are $80. You know, it's, it's nice to have the variable speed on them, but you can hook, you can buy one of those discs like that and then you have a disc grinder. I never knew I needed a disc grinder 
Sorry about all that. A little shaky there. I never knew I needed a disc grinder and then DB Blades. DB Blades is, uh, if you've ever heard me talk about Red Path or Dirty Room Knives and DB Blades, those are the two guys my friend bought a lot of their knives and that's what got me into knife making. But a long time ago, I was asking him. He does his own. In fact, DB Blades just bought a whole new shop, a huge shop. He's over in Australia. If you're listening, Les, check him out. <laughs> I know Les is in Australia. It usually watches later, excuse me. But uh, he told me, man, he's like, you need a disc grinder. And I was like, man, what do you need a disc grinder for? But man, flattening out handles, flattening things. Man, disc grinder is awesome. <laughs> Jim says he knew I would say that. He doesn't sell anything anyway. Man, I don't either. In fact, me being into electronics, I think I have all four or five VFD. Well, four, because the other one's still working. I still have all my VFDs that's like, man, I know it's only a blown capacitor. I can, I can go into this one and I can rebuild them all and have a nice VFD and then put them in a nice new... Yeah, what are they doing? They're still sitting out there with nothing done. <laughs> oh, man. Last week I showed this, the small wheel attachment. There's only one thing I don't like about it. The way this is here. Because on, on, my, on the wheel attachment I have now, Say this is the bar that comes out of your grinder. Mine sits like this, the one I have on there now, which means under the bar I can put my work rest. Now this one attaches on the bar like this, which means the table will come out like this. So I actually have a 1.5 aluminum thing, which I might do that. Well, I think the next video I'm going to finish the heat treat oven, and then I'm going to show how to make your own tool arms for things like this and for wheels. And stuff like that because other than the one that came with the KMG which I do keep my small wheel attachment on all the arms I've made for my wheels you know I got the 14 inch wheel I've got the 6 inch wheels and all that I make I just buy 1.5 stock aluminum off online and I make my own tool slides whatever they're called tool arms so I'm gonna have to make one for this so I can use it and which will be better because that means I'll have because what I want to do with the old small wheel attachment is see how these come in and the wheels. Do I have any wheels up here? See how the wheels go in like that? Well, that's how it is on the other one. But I figured if I shave, because that one's all ate up for where the belts come down and cut into it. If I shave these back to here and I get a wheel where the middle wheel is bigger than the bearings, that will stick out. So I can do fullers like that. Because I see a lot of guys doing fullers that way. They set up their tool rest and they just bring it along. And, and that's how they do the fullers. Now I bought a bunch of end mills. So I want to try it. That's, see, a lot of people don't have ideas for YouTube. Me, I don't have the time. I want to do, once I finish my heat treat oven. And then I want to do a fuller video with both the fullers on the grinder and a fuller on the mill. Then I want to make a jig because I've I've done I've never used a jig I've done everything freehanding. Chip says he needs a DD tool rest real bad. Yes, I agree 100%. He's he's an awesome guy. I used to talk to him. He still likes all of my Instagram stuff every once in a while, but that guy is a beast. His in fact, I'll probably the jig I make, I'll probably kind of use his jig as a reference. I'm not gonna make his jig. But I'm going to use what he makes because, man, his his knife maker's vice is beyond phenomenal. His tool rests are a necessity. If you're a knife maker and you have a 2x72 grinder, 
you have to get a DD work rest. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And then a, a thing I got from Travis Wirtz, Travis Wirtz, you know, the service grinder I got. I watch a lot of Travis Wirtz videos. He hasn't made them in a long time, but he uses doubler plates where he takes neodymium magnets and puts a bigger plate on his tool rest. That way you can slide it up and slide it around, and you don't have to worry about how you adjust your, your uh, tool rest. But, yeah, if you have a 2x72, well... Unless you have like a reader grinder, I think those reader grinders are fear. Uh, the fear grinder. Wait, no, it's not the fear. It's the Wilmot. The Wilmot has an awesome system, too. But yeah, DD Workrest makes them exactly for every grinder. You know, Chip. I I thought that too. About the, Chip said the the Workrest is so expensive, and man, I thought that too. And I bought the first one, then I ended up buying one just for the small wheel attachment. Now I have like two or three of them. Man, they pay for themselves. The time they save, uh, you know, the whole time and money thing, it really saves everything. It's worth it. I would suggest getting a variable speed motor first. But then I would definitely save up and, and get a DD workrest. One of the best investments I've made. Just like the porter band saw, I told you about getting the porter band saw. Man, they for a hundred bucks. There's Harbor Freight. If it blows, you buy another one for a hundred bucks. Bootleg blades. Do I have a link to that workrest? No, but if you put DD workrest, if you go on eBay, he mainly sells on eBay and put DD workrest, it should come up. Or even if you go into eBay and put like two by seventy-two workrest, it should come up as DD workrest. Doesn't matter what grinder you have. Bootleg blades, I thought the reader comes with a uh, whole system. But that, I think that those are aluminum, huh? I don't know. Definitely worth it. But Chip, I would definitely buy the, the VFD and the motor first. And then go from there. Whew! Man, this is actually... I might have to stop doing top... Uh, if you guys notice, I didn't do the hand sanding today. I, I, I'm kind of hand sanded out. Wow! Kind of started off rough. I was kind of tongue-tied for words, but man, we've gone an hour here. <laughs> I didn't get to any of, well, I got to like three or four of my topics, but I didn't even get to the main topic about legacy and money. So, <laughs> we'll have to save that one for next week. Chip says it's freaking awesome. Porter Band in my stand is awesome. Yeah, I tell everyone, man, I used to cut them out with the old four-inch uh, angle grinder. Once I got the bandsaw, I never looked back. Now, I cut steel and stuff or cut things or grind stuff with my angle grinder, but, man, that bandsaw is one of the best investments there is. It just cuts all your work out, makes everything nice and clean. Yeah, bootleg blades. It, it, if you go to eBay and put, like, 2x72 work rest, they should have them. But those, man, I, I those reader grinders look sweet, man. Just to have an all-in-one horizontal and vertical grinder would be sweet. ha, 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 ha. Yeah, but we've made it an hour. Usually I go 40 minutes, but we went an hour today. That's all right. I had I enjoyed this last week. This is a really good one. So thanks for showing up, everybody. I think I'm going to wind it down. Chip, make sure to hit me up and uh, if you do get that VFD. you know I know I joke around a lot, but you know it would mean a lot if you did that for me. And anyone else listening, uh, like I always say, the Amazon links are on my website or down in the links below. I got shirts. Oh, one last topic. I got a new shirt. 
I'm testing it out. It says like Evader knives, then it says handmade designs, and it just says made in America. Now, America might be too big or whatever, but let me guys know. Uh, I think it should be coming in a couple of days. I have to figure out. Yeah, I got a few designs. For some reason, no one likes the curved logo. I like the curved logo better than straight, but from what I've seen people buying the shirts, the, the other shirts I sell, they want, so it's got a straight logo, just says Evader Knives, handmade designs, made in America. We'll see how it looks. I have yet to get it, so. But anyway, thanks for watching. All the links are either above, up above on the cards or down below. Leave some comments. Like this if you like it. Dislike it if you wanted to learn about YouTube and I left all that stuff out or I didn't hit any topics or go ahead and leave some topics you want to hear about and I'll hopefully get to them if I don't get on some other rant. <laughs> all right, guys, let's have a good week. Let's make the most of every day we can and uh, other cheesy cliche sayings like that. <laughs> but I am sincere. I really enjoy when you guys comment about how you make this knife or you're improving or got this right or whatever. I joke around about things I say, but it is very sincere, and I do appreciate all the support. Thanks for everything. Thanks for coming, and if you're only here for the live stream, I'll see you next Sunday. Other than that, hopefully I'll get some videos out Wednesday and Saturday. But let's have a great weekend and a great week. And as always, take it easy.